Hey, I'm Rachel May, country singer, songwriter, and host of Mama's Cup of Ambition, the podcast for ambitious mamas with big dreams and little kids. Or maybe your kids aren't so little anymore, but your dreams are still just as big as ever. Wherever you find yourself in your motherhood journey, if you've got ambitious goals that you're longing to achieve, and you're looking to spark inspiration, cultivate motivation, and develop community with like-minded mamas, you're in the right place. As a new mama myself, I created this show as a place for honest and empowering conversations about motherhood, entrepreneurship, and dream chasing. So grab a notebook, top off that cup of coffee, and let's turn our goals into action plans and our dreams into reality together. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hello and welcome to episode number 21 of Mama's Cup of Ambition. So full disclosure, I'm recording this episode on the back end of a migraine. I get menstrual migraines and they used to be really consistent. Like Every single month at the same time for three days straight could mark my calendar in anticipation of their arrival consistent. (laughs) But thankfully, since Waylon was born, I haven't had them every single month, which has been a huge relief. But when I still get them, they knock me off my feet. Anyway, this episode isn't about my migraines, but I know if you get migraines, then you totally understand my plight. And let me just say how sorry I am that you understand. Does that even make sense? I hope so. Anyway, all of that to say, I hope that this migraine doesn't affect my delivery of this episode today or my ability to still come through with as much enthusiasm and energy as I normally would because today's topic is something I am really excited to dive into. So did you ever read Marie Kondo's book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up? Or maybe you're like me and you binge-watched the Netflix series and then felt totally inspired to start purging your own house of all of the junk that didn't spark joy. Well, today I wanted to talk about the power of Marie Kondoing both the mental and physical junk that we accumulate over time to make space for our biggest dreams. It's something I've been working on lately and I thought maybe you'd relate. But before we get into that, let me tell you about something that sparks serious joy for me, and that's Instacart. We always hear folks saying that it takes a village to raise a child, but these days, that village can sometimes be hard to find. So us mamas have to get resourceful in finding the support we need. So Instacart fills one of those support roles in this family, and these days, it's seriously become a cherished part of this new mama's village because they make it so easy for me to keep my family fueled and fed. In just a few clicks, I can easily fill my cart with all of the things I need to restock our kitchen, making it super easy to make nourishing meals at home. And the best part is that since we've started using Instacart, we actually save money because I don't know about you, but no matter how on point my list is, grocery stores make me impulsive, especially when I'm hungry. And let's be honest, I'm nursing, so I'm always hungry these days. But with Instacart, I found that I really only add the things that are actually on my list because I don't have to battle the allure of the pastries and random snacks calling my name from the aisles. And the icing on the grocery store cake is that your order is delivered right to your door in as fast as an hour. I mean, what a magical time that we're living in where you can knock out your grocery shopping from the comfort of your couch, in your pajamas, with a baby attached to your boob. Just think of all of the dreams you can chase with the time you'll save with Instacart. Now that is how ambitious mamas get it done. If you want to experience Instacart for yourself, you can get free delivery on your first order over $35 by using the link in the show description. And when you use my link, it lets Instacart know that I sent you and it helps to fill my cup and keep the show going. So mama to mama, I just want to say thank you for supporting the show. Okay, let's get back to today's episode. 
Now, I have to say that even before Marie Kondo's Netflix phenomenon took hold, I have always been a fan of a good purge. I mean, over the years, we've moved a lot. And as we start packing, there always comes a point where we begin creating a goodwill pile. And at first, the pile is really small. And I struggle to let go of things because I'll tell myself, well, maybe I should hold on to these because we don't know, maybe we'll need those 30 extension cords that we've accumulated. (laughs) Or I can't get rid of that because so-and-so gave me that and I'll feel bad letting go of it. And no matter how many times I've gone through this process, I always initially bump up against the same old road roadblocks around releasing. But I've noticed that the same roadblocks appear when it comes time to release old stories and limiting beliefs that I've accumulated too. Just like with the pile of extension cords and items given to me by someone else, my mind will start justifying why I shouldn't let go of those old stories and beliefs. You know what I mean? So for example, like I've mentioned before on this show, I've been really digging deep to shift my old BS story around money because your girl has some serious baggage when it comes to money. And I know this is something that a lot of us struggle with, especially as women and mamas. So even though I kind of hate to admit these things about myself, I feel like it's on my heart to share the parts of me with you that are still a work in progress and not just the pretty finished product because I'm a real person on the other side of this microphone, just like you. And although we may be working through different things, We all have our hurdles, right? But for years, I've been hauling around this old BS belief that money should be feared. I've had a fear of earning or asking to be paid for what I do, a fear of spending or losing money, a fear of investing and investing in myself. I mean, again, I hate to admit it, but it's true. And in addition to all of that, I've been carrying around the weight of an old hand-me-down belief that I'm not good with money. And I can tell you the exact moment that I inherited that negative belief about myself and exactly who passed it on to me. It was right after my mom died, and it was when I decided to drop out of beauty school because even at 19 years old, I knew the path I was on wasn't in alignment with my highest calling, and I couldn't go on even one more minute pretending to be something I wasn't. And although I knew in my gut that it was the right decision for me and my life, to my mom's father, my grandpa, it just looked reckless and foolish, and he had no problem telling me that I was throwing my entire life away with this decision and that I would be setting myself up for a life of struggle. He outlined in great detail how disappointed he was in me for wasting the hours and tuition that I had already put into my cosmetology schooling. And his messaging about how bad I was with money would continue for years to come as I made choices that didn't align with his own values around money. And somewhere along the line, I started to believe his beliefs about myself and my ability to handle money. And I have to say, for years, it really created a strong rift in our relationship, and it really hurt me a lot. And I started to live up to his beliefs because I took them on as my own. And as a result, I started to tell myself the very same negative story. And when you tell yourself something over and over and over again, your actions and reality will ultimately begin to line up with those beliefs. So as a result, I started to feel really shameful about my relationship with money. And I started to think things like, well, if I'm not good with money, then I shouldn't have any more of it than the bare minimum I need to survive because I'll just make a mess out of any excess. And those beliefs resulted in years and years of me working my ass off in jobs where I was underpaid. I mean, there were even points in my career where I held management positions bearing all of the responsibilities of leading a team and being paid the same or less than people that I was leading. I mean, what the hell, right? But I was afraid. 
No, I was terrified to ask to be paid fairly for the work that I was doing because I had this deep sense of shame around my money and my worthiness of receiving it. And those beliefs also led me to being afraid to charge for my creative work as an artist as well. And subsequently, I was living a life of struggle, just as my grandpa had predicted. But the struggle wasn't a result of my decision to drop out of beauty school. The struggle was a result of me allowing someone else's limiting beliefs to become my own. And I just want to say here that although my relationship with my grandpa was fractured by all of this, we did make peace with one another before he died. And he even referred to me as his little songbird one evening as I performed in his living room with my guitar. So I feel like it was in that moment that he saw me for who I really was, standing in the light of what I'm meant to be doing. And in that moment, I knew he understood me and my decision to change course. At least that's what I choose to believe. And I don't hold any ill will toward him because I know his words were merely a manifestation of his own beliefs, his fears, his thoughts around money. And I've come to realize that he thought he was giving me tough love. And I truly believe that in his mind, as someone who lived through the Great Depression, he was trying to spare me from the suffering that perhaps he had experienced himself. And because I know that his actions were ultimately coming from a place of love, even if they were misguided and hurtful, I've been able to forgive him and to release the hold that that experience held over me. And that forgiveness has allowed me to let go and to make space for a new set of beliefs around money and my worthiness. But in order to let go of that belief and that experience, I had to hold space for it first. I had to pull it out of that back closet of my mind and look at that old belief all covered in dust and cobwebs and decide if I wanted to keep it or let it go. And just like the goodwill pile I mentioned before, I had a moment of contemplation saying, I can't get rid of this. My grandpa gave it to me. But then in true Marie Kondo form, I took a moment to ask myself if this belief that I was holding on to really sparked joy for me. And you know what? The answer was no. That old hand-me-down belief wasn't serving me. And as a result, it's also kept me from being able to serve others and to truly make the kind of impact in the world that I know I'm capable and ready to make. So it's time to make space for a new belief by letting go of an old one. But the decision to let go of an old belief, just like deciding to let go of old belongings, is really just step one, right? Because that's just the beginning, right? I mean, it starts with the decision to let go of something and then adding it to the goodwill pile, even if that goodwill pile is metaphorical in your mind. But then what? So maybe the pile sits in your living room for a week or so as you add to the pile, feeling really good watching it grow, especially as you see new open spaciousness around you growing as well. And maybe the process feels so good that it starts snowballing and now you're opening every cupboard and closet in your home looking for what else you could let go of. And before you know it, you look around and you've got stuff everywhere. Can you relate? That's totally been me on so many occasions. And now you have a choice. You can either keep doing the work of sorting and clearing, or you can just start cramming things back into the closets and cupboards from which they came. And it stirs up all of the emotions, right? I mean, you may feel sentimental about letting go or holding on to certain things and guilty about letting go or holding on to others. Or maybe you feel overwhelmed when you look at all the stuff or excitement around the idea of lightening your load. It's all part of the process, right? So now you've got everything all bagged up and ready to go. But if you're anything like me, you got to get that shit out of your sight before you start second guessing your decisions to let it go. So maybe you load everything into the car and then it drives around with you for several days. 
or weeks now taking up space in your car and in your mind as you say, Ugh, I really need to swing by Goodwill and just unload all of the stuff in the trunk. But isn't there just something so satisfying about the moment when you finally actually unload everything into those big bins at Goodwill? And when you get down to releasing that last bag, don't you just feel so much lighter and freer? I mean, there's something that feels so final about the process in that moment, because you know there's no turning back now on your decision to let go. I mean, you're not going to go back into Goodwill and hunt down all of your old stuff and buy it back, are you? Hell no. You may keep some spaciousness you created, or you may replace some of the stuff that you let go with an updated version, but you made a choice and you committed to let go. And oh, I just feel like there is so much freedom in letting go, right? So since we're on the topic of letting go, can we just talk a minute about baby gear? Because I know since Waylon was born, I've noticed that there is a constant stream of stuff coming in for him, which is such a major blessing, and we welcome it with gratitude. But I've also had to be really intentional about not allowing myself to develop sentimental attachments to the things that he's receiving, because I know eventually he will grow out of things and there will come a time to pass it down. So rather than feeling bad when the time comes to give away a toy or baby gear or an outfit, I've created a system of giving that allows me to pass it along to a family who I know will benefit from the gift. And as a result, the item gets a whole new life elsewhere. And it's been a super fun way for me to always be giving, which is a core value that I really want to embody. So another example that comes to mind here has to do with clothes. I mean, I think we all have clothes in our closet that we're hanging on to because we think, oh, well, if there's a special occasion or if I lose weight or if I gain weight or whatever, then I might want to wear that. But don't you think that if any of those things actually happen, that perhaps you may just want to buy yourself something new for the occasion? And is it possible that maybe you're actually holding on to those clothes with a scarcity mindset, thinking you won't be able to or shouldn't treat yourself to something new when the time comes? I mean, that was an epiphany that I had as I cleared out my own closet recently and realized I was holding on to some of my worn out, run down, raggedy maternity clothes for my next pregnancy. And I mean, there were some things in there, like my maternity jeans and leggings that still had a lot of life left in them, but the rest was really ready to be set free. So I let go of it, setting the intention that when I'm pregnant again, I'm going to indulge and buy some new maternity attire for the occasion to celebrate. And that vibe feels so much better than feeling like I need to hold on to something that's already served its purpose. And I guess what I'm trying to get at here is that I think there is so much power in clearing space for new and better things, both mentally and physically. I mean, think about it. How much time do you spend maintaining your things, trying to organize, clean, and make space for all of your stuff? And what would you do with that time if you didn't have to use it keeping up with all of your stuff? And hey, if the upkeep makes you happy, then by all means, you do you and keep on keeping on. But if not, are there ways that you could simplify that could create a new sense of freedom and spaciousness in your life? I mean, I think when our physical space is cluttered and overwhelmed with too much stuff, our minds tend to follow suit feeling cluttered and overwhelmed as well. Because like they say, outer order, inner calm, right? I mean, how liberating would it feel to make space in your life for something new? And hey, maybe that something new is a new dream. Maybe you're at a point in your life and career where you're being called to pivot. And what would it feel like to lean into that calling or to possibly let go of an old dream or career that you used to want, but that you know no longer feels in alignment with your life and desires? I mean, I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty damn liberating to me. 
So I'm going to wrap up today's episode, but I just want to say whatever it is in your life that you're ready to let go of, whether it's old, outdated physical stuff taking up space or old, outdated beliefs keeping you stuck or even old, uninspiring dreams that don't speak to your soul anymore. How can you get started in the process of letting go and making space? What's the first step you need to take and how would it feel to be on the other side of that release? And if you want to share with me what it is that you're working on letting go, I would love to support and encourage and hold space for you as you move through the process. So come connect with me on Instagram and let's continue the conversation there. You can find me by searching Rachel May Music, that's May with an E, or if you want to connect with the show, just search for Mama's Cup of Ambition. Okay, so until next time, may your dreams be ambitious, may your coffee be strong, and may we all let go of whatever BS is weighing us down. I'll talk to you soon.